place like home. Take me home. Homeward bound. I'm going home. It seems Thanksgiving Day is upon us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special Thanksgiving episode of the Family Road Trip Podcast. You can Wax on, wax off. Inconceivable. You never know what you're going to get. We're on a mission from God. Presents on the tree. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and four incredibly wonderful couples that we are thankful for. Folks, it's the fourth stop of a seven-week journey, a seven-week adventure. And now it's official stuff because we're heading into Advent season. So we've had three weeks of preparation of awesomeness with these four couples. And you may be asking the question, who are you people and what is this all about? Which is a great question to ask. Well, we are endeavoring to say yes to gathering together with our spouses and families. That would be one spouse for me, families, collectively, (laughs) to talk and pray on a weekly basis using this Live It Gathering Guide, which you can find at PresenceForChristmas.com. Now, a little spin on that kind of punctuates what we're all about. Presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. F-O-R, Christmas, presents for Christmas, because no presence, with a T, surpasses the great gift of our presence. And we're always very busy, all of us are. The families that are along the road trip here with us, have most of them have big families, they're busy people, and they're good Catholics, they're good Christians. They've been, you know, praying as families, and they've been going to Mass faithfully and regularly, but uh, we know that God wants so much more out of us. He wants us to live it beyond those special moments. Certainly, the Eucharist is the special moment where grace pours forth. But how many of us really experience the joy that is meant to be experienced in an ongoing way flowing from Mass? We should just be thankful for being together. I think that's what they mean by Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. I have to ask you a Thanksgiving pregunta, a Thanksgiving question. You coming from a beautiful family of 14, of course, you've shared the story. Your mom died when you were five years old, and you're number 11 of 12. And so in a very small house, you probably have very fond memories as a family gathering for Thanksgiving. What, what comes to mind when you think of Thanksgiving as a young lass in the Wagner household? So... We would always go to my grandparents' Mm. house for Thanksgiving. That was um, a holiday that we spent with them. And they had a very um, small little ranch house in Erie. And I don't know how we all fit in it, actually. (laughs) Like we just kind of sat around on the floor and were very careful with the plate on the lap. And I don't remember extra Mm. seating or anything like that, but I do remember it just being, I mean, that was what we knew. So it didn't even feel crowded or scrunched or whatever, Um, but just loved the food, (laughs) of course, course. but just that opportunity to, to all really be together in a special way like that. We should just be thankful for being together. I think that's what they mean by Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. How could you have fun, though, without digital devices? 
You How's sound, that possible? You sound a little sarcastic. Well, I'm just acknowledging the difficulty so we, that we, we all face. So we certainly would go outside and play. Then. I remember climbing trees, um, playing in the basement. We played guns. Sorry to offend anybody. <laughs> oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. I remember the first Thanksgiving with you, my love. Mm. Um, it was before we were married. We were recently engaged. Mm-hmm. And my dad was pretty sick, and um, he had taken over Thanksgiving at that point, you know, a number of years prior, uh, because my grandmother had already passed away. Mm-hmm. But um, I just remember you being there and him teaching you how to prepare the turkey and stuff the turkey, we had fun. and he would cook it through the night, so he mm-hmm. had it all. Um, getting it going, so to speak. And I can picture you two Mm. as clear as day right now (laughs) in the sweatshirt that he had on and just kind of Mm. the goofiness that you two shared. Right, but just being so grateful um, that my dad, whom I was very, very, very close with Mm. from the time I was a little girl, was uh, getting to know and love my future husband. Mm. And because he was so sick, we didn't know, you know, Mm. how long he was going to be around. Praise God. He made it through our wedding and our firstborn. Um, but anyway, so that I was very, very grateful that year in particular for him passing on the tradition, so, so to speak, to you and also um, just that meaningful connection of relationship that the Lord blessed you in. Home sweet home. We should just be thankful for being together. And this week where we really recall the root of Thanksgiving is Eucharistos, to give thanks. It's literally the heart of our faith, to give thanks. And it's meant to be more than this moment where we receive Holy Communion, but where it overflows into Holy Community. And what is the building block of all that? We tell our kids from their earliest days, and we are challenged ourselves. And our world is challenged simply this, an attitude of gratitude. What is that? It's aware that everything we have is given by God. Everything we have, every blessing comes from God. And it's not meant to end with us. We're meant to return it to him in thanks and meant to be blessers. We're blessed to be blessers. So this is a week not simply of, Lord, thank you for all that you give us, but ultimately the tremendous gift of grace, your grace that poured forth on the cross, that redeemed us, that breached the great chasm between earth and eternity and made it possible for us to inherit eternal life. And um, we're meant to every day, hopefully appropriate to receive that grace, not just go through moments uh, of connecting with it in certain ways, but really to be transformed by this grace of Jesus Christ being poured out uh, in the body and blood, particularly in the mass, to live the mass. That's what this week for Catholics really ought to be about, a mindfulness of living holy communion, holy community that uh, is accomplished in Jesus Christ and to be together and to grow in ever greater intimacy as God appointed and anointed us to do. to be thankful for. Thank you for being a friend. So folks, 
We invite you to listen to the program tonight and then go to presentsforchristmas.com and you will find a little link to the right side Chick-fil-A logo. Click on that thing and it will direct you to eight simple questions based upon tonight's program. And if you get them right, you will be entered into a chance to win free Chick-fil-A for the entire family. So right now we are going to go through the questions from this past week. Go ahead, Steph. Number one, what question were our stars asked at the outset? I do know, but just to make it interesting, <laughs> what was it? Do you want to, it was not how much wood could a woodchuck chuck, <laughs> but it was what childhood difficulty made you better today? Question two, how many brothers does Mike Waskovich have? Trick question. No tricks, just three. But it was trick in the sense that he said I was one of four. So if you weren't paying close uh-huh. attention. But I was tempted to add the number four to that to throw people off. But I didn't do that. But you're so too nice to yes, do that. Exactly. Number three. What pursuit did Drew Blazik give up to gain something so much better? Buddhism. Nope. Underwater fire prevention. Ah, That was a close second. But the answer <laughs> is basketball. Yes. Great story. Go listen to it last week. Number four, what is the major theme of John Mark Grody's growth from childhood? Oh, there were so many good ones. The there. liturgical dancing competition really threw me off. Yeah. He could really skills. start um, like a video game series. Okay, on let's that. just stop that right there. Um, the answer is actually fatherhood. Indeed. Beautiful. Number Great five. Great reflection, by the way. What if did, I haven't said it yet, go back and listen to last week's episode. What does Steve Finley name as an occasion of growth from child? Jack Daniels. Nope. For sure. Nope. I give up. Taunting. Taunting. He shares being bullied as a child. And again, another great story that many might be able to relate to and how God blessed him through that. Go back and listen to last week's episode, Blended with Beautiful Music. Absolutely beautiful music. Number six, are you registered for Presents for Christmas on December 4th, 11th and 18th? The answer should be yes. Where could they uh, register for that phenomenal weekly occurrence it of Witness Word Worship so awesome. and Confession, 630 so St. Joan of Arc, beginning December 4th, the following week, 11th and 18th. 6.30 p.m. 6.30 p.m. Where can, can they register for that? For free. They may register at presentsforchristmas.com. Excellent. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E-F-O-R, christmas.com. Number seven, which below was used to describe the Sunday readings these weeks? Indigate. Not warm and fuzzy, not no, for sure, yucky, not, end of year not stuff Mordor, going on. But Jesus it was, is bringing the smack down. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. One priest on EWTN really kind of punctuated that the Holy Spirit is the consoler, and Jesus Jesus Christ was kind of the smackdowner. I mean, he didn't use that phrase. He, he's the offender. He shakes I us up to realize. That was the phrase he did he say used. the word. <laughs> offender. Be, right, yep. to, to shake us up from thinking that we are sufficient and that uh, simply because we go to Mass and observe certain Catholic things that it's, it's sufficient to get us to heaven. And uh, really, we ought to really be paying attention because Christ entered a very religious culture, very pious culture, and was speaking to them. And it may require us, it will require us to bend, but are we bending? If we're not bending, if we're not being challenged to bend, really we should question, are we really uh, invested in our faith? Is it really challenging us in the depths of our hearts and our attitudes and our actions? So So amidst all of that, the answer to question seven is apocalyptic. Which is kind of a neat word to say. Too. It is. It's means kind of unveiling, literally. Apocalyptic. Taken from the Hebrew wedding feast, the unveiling of the bride, the high point, which really 
um, is the image of all of us, the bride of Christ, the church, in the process of our betrothal to the perfect Christ and uh, all the purification that's happening to us now. And the high point will be the unveiling. Do we not see a lot of unveiling going on in the political realm, in the ecclesial realm, things hidden in the darkness coming to light? And they have to. They have to come to light for us also. In our marriages, and our families, it is a great indication of God's grace that those things that we uh, maybe try to hide are being exposed, and they inspire repentance, literally to turn. So... um we pray that you are journeying with us and going deeper and receiving that. And number eight, what is your answer to daily question number two? And it directs you to the Live It Gathering Guide, which can be found at massimpact.us. Um, and that would just be however you answered it. So we're on a mission from God. We are going to now welcome all of our wonderful sojourners. The fourth stop of the seven-week journey of the Family Road Trip podcast will begin with the Waskoviches. Share a um, share a favorite fun family story. We were thinking of them. All of them were kind of horrible when they were happening. (laughs) We could laugh at it later, which is really nice. Um, The one that I was thinking about was my daughter got invited to like a bounce house party, a birthday party. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had my husband take her because I was busy with the little ones. And uh, he he doesn't know the parents or anything, but he dropped her off, made sure, you know, that they got the present. And then she ran off and played with a bunch of kids. And then probably like an hour and a half into the party, I get a phone call and they say, um, hey, we have your daughter, Anna, here. Nobody seems to know which party she belongs to. (laughs) (laughs) And I look at the calendar and um, the party... The party is on Sunday, and it is Saturday. Oh. <laughs> you got to bounce around with a bunch of kids and have pizza and cake. <laughs> Probably is in some other kids' pictures, you know, with her hair. She had a really good time, but it was it was quite horrible, but we all laughed at it because she went, you know, the next day, and so she got two, two for Two for the price so. of one. That's awesome. That is a great story. And Mike, I don't know why you let her go first, because the bar is always set so high. Go for it. I was late for work. I'm all suited up, and I go outside and point. Where is the moment we needed the most? I got to get out of here. And the driveway was not just snow covered. It was ice covered. Mm. And my car stuck. You got to do what you got to do. So I get out the snowblower. Tell me your blue skies fade to gray. Tell me your passion's gone away And I don't need no care It's one of those monster with the auger plates. It's probably four <laughs> or five hundred pounds. Yeah. I get it. Finally, I, like on the 37th pull, I get this thing started. So I'm, I'm making my one like good luck pass down to the apron of the driveway, trying to make that one row so I can kind of see where I'm going. It's It's dark. I'm freezing. I'm in my little dress shoes like an idiot (laughs) wouldn't you know it jams it completely shuts off and i knew exactly what happened i get the wall street journal 
every morning, you know, the guy comes oh. out in the morning and I tried to, didn't, didn't see it. It was buried in the snow and I tried to blow it through the auger plates Oops! and it busted <laughs> this 500 pound monster oh. right in the of my driveway. The Wall Street Journal is a powerful Indeed, paper. you got to send them an uh, editorial <laughs> on that. It was probably iced up though and everything else. I'm stuck. It's terrible. And I'm trying to drag this mother back to the garage to get out the shovel. And I'm probably cursing in my mind, maybe audibly. Yeah, maybe. And uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know how to tell my boss I'm going to be very late. Now I got to somehow shovel the driveway, get this thing out of the way. And Janine comes out like I'm thinking, oh, cup of coffee, sympathize with me. I start telling her what's happening. She goes, well, I got some other information. Oh, so I no. got the mother news. She said, well, come down in the basement. I just want to show you this. So we oh. go down to the basement together. And in the little drain in the floor, there's raw sewage and toilet paper coming oh. up <laughs> in my basement. And I'm thinking, <laughs> this isn't happening. This is like, I'm on, I'm on a camera. Mm. Right? Because you had a bad day. You take it one down. You sing a sad song just to turn it around. You say you don't know. You tell me don't lie. You work at a smile and you go for a ride. Yeah. I call Rotorooter and the guy the guy shows up a couple hours later. He's like, your, your uh, drain towel, a sewer towel, tube going out to the main is broken so we're gonna, oh. we gonna dig up your whole front yard oh. and you said could you so, shovel while you're at it yeah exactly <laughs> can you take that backhoe and get my car Good out one. of the garage so long story short he cameras it and it was just all bad news oh. and oh. i just couldn't believe it and so uh, whenever I'm having a bad moment or I need a good laugh, we just look at each other and remember that story. I'm thinking like it can always be worse. Right. <laughs> you had a bad day, the cattle don't lie. You come back down and you really don't mind. You had a bad day. Truly amazing. Truly amazing. And you are so much closer to heaven. You've you've probably navigated through at least a couple <laughs> days of purgatory with that one. So awesome. Blazik's fun family story from you guys. It was a couple of years back. It was the first day of school. Um, Avery and Braden went to uh, school, and this was, I think, Jesse's second year of teaching. And Jesse always gets excited uh, first day of school, and it was lunchtime, and Braden was sitting there, and I think Braden's like four or five years old. And so Jesse walks up and says, "Hey, how you doing? How's everything going?" And um, see how his day was going, and he was just kind of look, looking straight, not saying a word. Just Uh-oh. looking straight, wasn't even looking at her. And then she's like, oh, so how's your day going? Kind of brought it up again. And then he still just looks straight. And then he just give this little whisper, go away. Make the world go away. <laughs> so he's kind of embarrassed about it. And she's going to walk away. But oh. yeah, every time I hear that story, I just crack up. Thank you, oh. five-year-old. Cute Brayden. That's awesome. Oh. Jesse. Oh, Brayden. <laughs> right, right. So I have one that I can get back at Brayden with then with this funny story because <laughs> um, we go to the Outer Banks every few years as a big family and my parents go an extended family. We all get a big beach house. So Fun. my mom and I were trying to take a nice selfie of her and I with the waves and the water in the background. So we're taking a couple snapshots of us. And so we go back to look at them, of course, to see how we look at it. 
And then in the background, we kind of look like, what is going on in the background? And it is Brayden getting smashed by a wave. Oh. <laughs> not know what's happening in the background because we were so focused on how we look for our selfies together right. as mom and daughter. And Brayden is just getting <laughs> blasted by this wave. Yeah, so awesome. <laughs> he, That's great. He has some funny stories, but so do we. <laughs> Hang on to those stories for his ordination day or his wedding day because that's that's when they're really gonna get some traction. Awesome. <laughs> we love you, Braden. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Jesse. Finley's a favorite fun family story. Do you know what literary term that is, Steve? Alliteration? Yeah. Yes. Ding 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 ding. So for me, it was, uh, there's a spider story that I have and, uh, everybody's got a good, uh, we're all, we're all in loaded in the car and, uh, I'm running back in the house, you know, to get something. And cause there's always something else that I have to grab. And so I come into the car and I sit down and I spot this, um, large wolf spider mm. in the center of council. And so I look at it and Nobody sees it but me, but I look at it and I just, you know, yell out a guttural <laughs> scream. But that's my first instinct is just to scream at it and see what happens. And it like vanishes and I'm just sort of like, oh, oh no. you know, and that's the and worst. So, yeah. So but instantly when I scream, Steve looks at me and and he screams. I'm a man. I spell M A. Cast even worse man scream, scream. Just like because <laughs> yeah. you know we're gonna beat this thing with our screaming but right and then i look at him and say where did it go and he's like i don't know um you know what what are, i don't even know what we're screaming at <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> you, like why are you like he's like well you really made it really convincing right. so shelob is uh in your car somewhere at this point exactly uh shortly thereafter about a month later my sister's daughter um was three. She's 16 now. Um, but she was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm. She was very, very sick. And in the hospital, it was very scary. Um, I went to visit her because she just needed support. It was a really scary time. And it was just me alone. And I'm in the hospital with this little girl. And, you know, it's like, funny story, funny story. I got to have a funny story. So mm. I tell her the story about Uncle Steve <laughs> screaming <laughs> like a lunatic because he has no idea why we're scared, but we're scared together. <laughs> and she just rolled Aww. and laughed and laughed. And she, I had to tell her that story over and over and over and over. And it just, you know, he's, he's such a good sport. He's such That's a joy. Awesome. And Lorna, that's he better than laugh. Nacho Libre. When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants. <laughs> it is. It's a little bit better. You know, Steve is actually better than Jack Black. What do you know? Indeed. <laughs> Great Speaking story. of Steve, Steve, you're up. It, it was Erin's baptism. So she's number five of six. We're all standing up in front of the church, and this is during the mass. I think it was five o'clock mass. So it's full, full. Um, but Michael, at three, decided, wow, I think I'm an airplane. And he became our runner. Ooh. And he was um, running around the altar. You know, at one point, I think he brought the plane in for a landing and kind of sat down right right underneath the altar. Oh, trying my to remember goodness. exactly. That's when you deploy some F-15s but, you know, <laughs> fully armed. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're trying to hold it together. I'm Surface-to-air like, missiles. Do I do? You know, do, do I, ch- I can't chase them because that's just going to make it worse. 
And uh, but at one time he did get close enough and I lunged in and I missed him and that just made him run more. Oh. And then I felt like, uh oh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have reached for him. Because oh. then, then, you know, everybody knows like you're just like really, really That's great. dying up there. Classic. That was our, our classic. Parent restraining run. story. Awesome, Steve. Thank you. Groat eyes. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are the weird ones on our street in our neighborhood for a variety of reasons. Catholic, homeschooling, five kids, small house. Chickens. Well, Chickens. that's a different Awesome playset, though, I in the backyard. It. Awesome. Yeah, the biggest playset you've ever seen. So we're, we're, we're weird uh, on our block. Um, one of the thing, many things that started off our weirdness was the locking ourselves out of the house within the first week of moving <laughs> this house. Oh. But we've also locked ourselves out of the house a couple times since then. Oh, and gosh. the second time, um, we had a new puppy, <laughs> and she was out in the backyard, <laughs> and we've been trying to keep her outside, so she, you know, she would bark a little bit, and we would open the door and scold her, you know, and stay outside, stay outside. And one morning, it was Sunday morning, I think we were getting ready for Mass, and she started freaking out outside. And we look out, and there above our house are a bunch of hot air balloons. And she's just absolutely losing it over these hot air balloons. And so we all start yelling and going out of the house. And we've got, you know, oven mitts on our hands and, you know, diapers half off. And, you know, not, <laughs> none, of us, none of us are fully clothed. We all go outside, image. and the door gets pulled closed behind oh, us. Oh, no. We that watch is awesome. Hot air balloons float away. And there we are locked outside. Oh my goodness. The place where we're all just sitting around outside, you know, <laughs> behind our, we have a awesome. small section of privacy fence, so we're all kind of hiding behind the right. privacy <laughs> fence. That is a great. Extremely humid that day. Oh, oh no. Great story. Eventually, eventually Marcus Grodai found a, uh, found a spatula to go along with the grill. And just as the locksmith pulls into the driveway, he gets the back of door. Of course. Open. Go Marcus. The uncomfortable Way discussion to go dad. With have you guys read the best Christmas pageant ever? No. no. You got to read it to your kids. It's a read aloud book, but it's about this family, the Erdmans, and they're Go all very me. fun and funny and crazy and off the wall, which I think you exaggerate He's maybe not a little bit. Comparing you to the Erdmans. Uh, well, I had a vivid image, though, of the characters you and are the personalities. Not Listen, them. I taught my kids the, the word that I inherited as a child that they did not. And every child to be a real child needs to get this word to be a Dickens. I don't know if you guys grew up with that word, but to be a Dickens yeah. meant to be, you know, a real rich personality of the mm-hmm. likes of which you would read in a Dickens novel. And right. you guys, all of us to some extent are, but the girl eyes, what you describe is a scene from a Dickens book, novel, play. But I think, read all of you folks who are listening out there, treat your family to reading the best Christmas pageant ever. Read it aloud. You will not be let down from within the first page. It will capture your attention. It's not that long. Maybe have the kids alternate a few pages and read it, but it is delightful. And you'll know why I asked you to read this that following this story. Humbug. God bless us, everyone. Teresa. So um, maybe a couple years ago, Cecilia was three years old. And it was around All Souls Day because we had just gone and prayed a rosary in the cemetery. So Cecilia's sitting and coloring a picture, and I'm near her, and she says, I don't want Uncle Peter to be in the cemetery. Uh-huh. And I was like, Uncle Peter in the cemetery? And so John Mark's brother 
Peter was in the seminary, the Catholic seminary, studying to be a priest at this point. And so I was like, oh, well, Cecilia, you know, Uncle Peter is in this, isn't in the cemetery that we went to. He's in the seminary studying to be a priest. (laughs) She goes, oh. And then she goes, I don't want Uncle Peter to be in the seminary. I want him to be nerbal. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) She goes, I want Uncle Peter to be nerbal. I made her say it a few times. And then finally I was like, Cecilia, do you mean normal? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nerbal. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, we homeschool. So I'm like, okay, say normal. And she's like, nerbal. <laughs> and then we we went back and forth a few times. And then finally she goes, Mommy, I can't say that. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to be normal. That is so awesome. That's a great story. Thank you so much. It seems Thanksgiving Day is upon us. We're on a mission from God. So, folks, you're along with us on the ride of the Family Road Trip podcast, the fourth stop of our seven-week adventure. I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me. Because, of course, this Sunday we begin the church year. We begin the, the weeks leading into Christ's Mass. And contrary to people's familiarity and awareness, it really is a season of great preparation. It's a season of fasting. It's a season, in the words of, of John the Baptist, of preparing the way. And it's good for us to be mindful of the things that stand in the way. Why? Because God wants to flood us with grace. And I would submit to you, if you're like most families, what stands in the way is our busyness. Our busyness gets in the way of blessedness. If we were to ask you the question, when's the last time you got together with your family and really had an awesome time to talk and pray and even share some of the fun stories, the remember whens, you know, where you came from, gathered as a family, perhaps most of us would say maybe it's been weeks or even months But God wants to pour his grace through those moments. He wants to make us aware of who we are in him. We discover our nature when we make that time, when we put that flag in the sand in our homes to talk and pray. And that's what this awesome journey is all about. We know it's a challenge. We know it's kind of awkward to maybe circle up the family. Oh, and there goes water on my computer, which is hopefully okay. Um, We know that it's a challenge because it's not, most of us did not inherit example from our parents to bring our families together to talk and pray. And uh, we introduced this idea of ritual. We've spoken of this in past episodes. You know, ritual is something we do to structure for excellence. We ritualize business to structure for excellence, in sports to structure for excellence. In the same way, in our families, what does that end in mind? Well, it's more fully discovering who we are a holy community flowing from Holy Communion. It takes, dare I say, a ritual. So we're inviting you to join us in doing it. It's what these four courageous families are doing, and it's free. Go to presentsforchristmas.com, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E-F-O-R, christmas.com, download the Live It Gathering Guide, and really just dig in these four weeks. Receive the unsurpassed gift of Christmas presents. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. So we always begin with kind of a fun question. Last week, it was... I wouldn't say so much fun, but very meaningful. We asked the question, you know, what's a difficult thing in your childhood that made you stronger today? And uh, I really encourage you to go to presentsforchristmas.com and listen to the beautiful stories that were shared by our wonderful sojourners. And now we're going to actually circle up again with our wonderful sojourners here. To admit it's getting better, 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 all the time. 
So let's begin with the Waskoviches. Well, this week, you know, we always do it on Saturday. Um, it went well. I was probably, I was very busy. Mike's been traveling and I was kind of in a bad mood, but um, it went well. We, uh, you know, I think the kids actually could tell I was stressed out and they stepped up and mm. uh, talked more. That's a story in itself. They carried it, yeah. We can make it happen, yeah. We can make it happen, we can make it happen, yeah. So one, I affirm your honesty, and two, how beautiful that they sensed that and kind of, as you said, you know, stepped up in, in, you know, whether it was a leadership role or just kind of an empathetic mode of, okay, something's not quite right Mm. or... Um, you know, need to be a little bit more of something. So that's beautiful, even right there in family dynamic and family growth. It's great sometimes even to deliberately step back. And it's amazing how they fill that gap. You folks will discover this uh, if you persevere through these seven weeks, which I know you will. And if you stop the following week or even two or three weeks later, your children will say, hey, let's do that thing. Let's gather together. Well, let's get to the um, stories. Maybe that was your story, Janine, which would be a great story. But if you have another one to share, please do so. Well, even the younger ones were, you know, like the gospel and the um, second criminal. You know, they really focused on him and were really, really loving how um, he was, you know, like not being like everybody else and and acknowledging that Jesus didn't deserve this, but he mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And you could just see it. Like even Jack said, you know, I'm kind of jealous of him because, you know, who wouldn't want Jesus, you know, when they're on their deathbed saying that I'll see you in paradise. Mm-hmm. Days we forget to look around us. Mike. I think they're starting to understand that this life, and they feel like they're going to live forever, right? Because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. they're young and yep. they're just kind of going through the motions, doing what they're told, living for the night or living for the weekend. And you're right. They look forward to this gathering. And I think this week, maybe even the last couple of weeks, they're starting to connect that there's this life beyond this mm. human life. Wow. And so this, as we kind of end ordinary time and we celebrate Christ the Christ the King, he's the king of another world Mm. that is so much better than this world. So when we're talking about our challenges and we're talking about, you know, uh, really showing empathy and being kind to each other, like this was a tough day or this person said something mean or I got this big test at school or a presentation to make, I can see they're kind of like trying to enjoy their time here because their time here is limited we know that as adults mm-hmm. but to see uh you know a high school student really kind of stepping up as janine said and, and owning it and kind of talking about the future that way i i i'm like moved by it and to your point i like to mm-hmm. kind of sit back and 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 reflect but watch what i'm seeing is happening is pretty pretty profound some days we can't see the joy that surrounds us. Blazics. I think each week is going to get better and better. They're going to say tougher and tougher. Each week, each week will have its own challenge. Yes, I, yes. With our different personalities of our kids, of the age span that we have, each week will have 
a challenge. Welcome to family life. I don't life. doubt that. Right. I don't yep. doubt that at all. Um, but if us as parents can just go into it knowing that there's going to be something about it that the, that's not going to be perfect mm-hmm. and that's okay, that's right. that then it will just, it will, that will make it better right there. Just us kind of having that set expectation of right. something's right. not going to go right, right. or somebody's going to be cranky about it. Or, um, But I think overall that I do see an improvement of kind of their respect for each other and maybe more of their honesty or taking mm-hmm. it um, seriously, especially with the two older ones. So um, it will get better, but each week will have its own challenge, I'm sure. <laughs> so for tonight we pray for what we know can be and on this day And um, so yesterday, Avery had come and apologized for something that she had um, done to me. Mm -hmm. And it was not a prompted apology Mm -hmm. or something that we had said, you know, you really should apologize. You know how you try and train them like this would be something that you should apologize for. It just came straight from her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is something since we do the apologies as a group together that maybe it's something that they are acknowledging and understanding at a deeper level. So I thought that that was pretty significant for, for her to do that. That's beautiful. And I'm convinced more and more from our own personal experience and also just sharing um, and other families doing this, that it's really teaching them a different language in those apologies that they're not perhaps accustomed to or certainly comfortable with, you know, in a natural yeah. kind of way. And just mm-hmm. what a what a lifelong gift we are giving them and teaching them this language of mercy and apology and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, two quick stories. Uh, one would be me and Avery, we always went to confession. And uh, try to do it every so often. And uh, Braden just had his first confession. So awesome. this past Saturday, awesome. I love going as a family. Uh, we took them and then Cole... Cole loves just to come be part of it. And he, like was mentioned earlier, uh, I think they have a good understanding that we're not going to live forever. And it's very mm. important to get that out of the way. And Cole wanted to come because he understands the power of praying before the blessed sacrament. And so we have that routine where one goes to confession, then they take Cole into the uh, chapel so that he, they can pray. Mm. Um, but what I think what's important of uh, with the lit group, how we try to... Uh, bring it up was if there's any uh, apologies you have to make or relationships you have broken, make sure you confess that first mm. and uh, get that. Awesome. So they have the understanding. And then today, um, uh, Cole, he's been sick all day, kind of getting warm and stuff. Mm. So me, uh, Cole, Christian kind of, we pray um, and Braden, we pray the rosary today. And then, and then afterwards, Avery got home and Avery and Braden said a quick little prayer for Cole. Aww. So pray for him, which That's is beautiful. I think very powerful for a little four-year-old to hear, um, hopefully for him to get better. So you could tell it meant a lot for him hearing that from his siblings. It's up to us to be the change. And even though we all can still do more, there's so much to be thankful. 
And any of you listening right now, I really encourage those of you who already um, maybe are comfortable and familiar with gathering in formal prayer, obviously beautiful, our beautiful prayers that our church gives us. Uh, certainly prayers from the heart is a wonderful thing that we all ought to cultivate, that relational level of connection. But I, I want to encourage you to, um, if somebody is sick or struggling or suffering in any way, I want to encourage you to have the audacity to take a small step and invite your children to pray over one another. We've heard this in past episodes or seasons of the Family Road Trip podcast where um, parents are blown away by inviting their kids to do this, to just open their hearts, to put a hand on the shoulder of a brother or sister or or parent, Mm -hmm. indeed, and to pray for God's grace. And I'll say in some instances, actual healing happened right there and then, which one could attribute it perhaps to chance, but, you know, the likelihood that in those moments that a, a chronic sickness that had been taking place through the prayers of the children of the family praying over one another, a family is powerful is what I want to say. And you fostering that, Drew and Jesse, in your family there and inviting them to be instruments of that grace, that's what family's meant to do. So thank you so much for that awesome witness. And even just, I'm throwing it out there, you know, perhaps that's something you listeners um, might want to try at the end of a a lit gathering guide, you know, your time together, maybe close it with, you know, putting a hand on the shoulder of the person to your right or to your left and having that person, regardless of the age, just say a little prayer of blessing or thanksgiving over um, that family member. Profound things can happen when we open ourselves up to that grace. Finleys in stereo. (laughs) Our kids picked up too on the whole, uh, discussion back and forth with um, the first and second thief and Jesus and Mm -hmm. what was going on there. And what kind of stood out to me was that all the kids were engaged in this conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you've got one or two that are like, you know, you can tell they're just off in space or they're Mm -hmm. thinking about something else. And this time, you know, as everybody was speaking or sharing their point of view or what struck them, um, you kind of got the sense that everybody else was engaged and really keyed in on what that person was saying. And so the discussion was, you know, there was just a a different level of engagement this, uh, this time around than there had been previously. That's magnificent, Steve. I would never downplay that. In fact, you know, our nonprofit organization image Trinity Uh, really punctuates what we and our humanity, our ultimate nature is to image the Trinity. What's the Trinity? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit pouring themselves out into one another selflessly, constantly. And you just painted a picture for us of, of an experience of that, of all family members engaged around Christ, the source of holy communion, holy community, and sharing in that way. So I'm very moved by that sharing. That is a, that's very consequential. Lorna. So I, um, I wasn't in Ohio this weekend. I went to Texas to uh, surprise my sister for her 50th birthday. With a wolf spider. No. <laughs> with, with in tow, with a wolf sorry, spider. Sorry, sorry, yes. collar no, and leash. No. I, left, I left the wolf spider in my car. But um, yeah, I um, so that was wonderful. But, um, and we didn't plan very well, so... It never worked out. Everything is so busy that Saturday is our big day to do it. And uh, um, and of course, I was gone on Saturday and I tried to see if we could fit it in earlier this week. And, you know, it just it wasn't working. So we um, so we were apart. But 
Um, I still had the opportunity on Saturday night. My sister and I were just visiting and enjoying each other's company and talking. And I and I shared with her that you did the um, moving moment mm-hmm. and uh, with my testimony. And she, um, so I said, would you like to hear it? And she did. And so I sort mm-hmm. of, you know, I shared that with her. And, and of course she, uh, we, we, being my sister, we grew up together. So mm-hmm. she knows who I am. <laughs> and, right. um, and that was, uh, she was moved by it. Aww. She was, and she was impressed by the whole, you know, thing. So I think it was neat to be able to share. For tonight we pray for what we know can be. And every day we hope for what we still can't see. I'm the Catholic um, convert in my family, and uh, sometimes my family is very intrigued by the Catholic faith, and some of them are um, resistant, and others are, you know, like my, my one of my sisters will say, like, tell me why you do this, and why do you do that, and Others are kind of like, I like this, but don't, you know, don't push it on me and, and things like that. But, um, and nobody's um, hostile or anything like that, of course. But um, through the witness that I'm able to provide, see the beauty, mm-hmm. you know, that is the Catholic Church and see the, uh, the, the, uh, the gifts that we have in our faith, you know, because it's the complete truth. It was a wonderful opportunity. I'm thankful that it worked out. What a beautiful response to that prompting, Lorna, and in a natural um, way to share God's grace at work, you know, both as, you know, sisters, but also as fellow Christians, and who knows how the Lord will use that. That's so awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Grodeyes. So we ended up doing our lit guide on Sunday night, and uh, this time around, maybe the last two weeks, we had been including the littlest girls, the um, two and the four-year-old, which previously we hadn't been. We'd been fo- focusing on the older kids. Um, and something I noticed this time is I was getting really frustrated with everyone. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to recognize in my two older kids that they were like, oh, this is boring. And <laughs> they didn't want to have any answers. They, you know, like, what did you hear from that story? Can you summarize it? No, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> you know, or no, nothing jumped out at me. And I was seeing these easy answers that they were throwing out. Whereas the, the weeks, the first couple weeks that we had done it, they were like really engaged and really thinking mm-hmm. and their complaints were like real complaints mm-hmm. as opposed to just lazy complaints. And so I think we realized this time around how important it is for our particular children, like how they pick up on the fact that we're not paying any attention to them mm-hmm. because we're wrangling the little girls and trying to keep them quiet and we're in a bad mood, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I realized this time around, like the value of putting the little girls in the toy room to watch a little TV show while we really invest in the older kids. Mm -hmm. And our older kids um, for the listening audience are eight and six. So it's not like they're that, that much older, but Mm -hmm. I was, I mean, so we don't have older kids and I don't know if this is just common sense for (laughs) when you're dealing with older kids, but I was just so surprised about how quickly they turned into almost like teenagers being like, (laughs) I don't care, you know, like (laughs) boring. And so when they, they, we weren't paying attention to them and we weren't present to them. And we weren't, you know, we were just trying to tick the boxes off 
as adults mm. and they were picking up on that and Great they insight. were bored and irritated. Um, so that was something that was really helpful for me this week. Thank you for that. That's very insightful for all of us that uh, really it's about the relationships and uh, it's easy for us, even those of us who may have good ritual in our homes and have been doing this forever, which Steph and I have. As you were talking, just thinking about the gospel from this past Sunday and with the good thief and how I'm sure there was a lot of chaos going on around them, right? And wailing and the Romans and yelling, and yet they were able to maintain that personal encounter with each other and how First and foremost, we long for that with Christ, but also with our kids. Teresa, was that the story also, which is certainly awesome? Or do you have a separate story? I could share another one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> share sure. away. I, it must have been the serious question that we had done. We were going around the, the table, and I think we were asking for some kind of like miracle or what, the way God has blessed us or something like that. And Dominic was like, uh, I don't have anything about where, you know, God has spoke to me, but mommy probably has because she's seen the miracle of the sun and she, you know, she got to see that. Why doesn't God show me a miracle? Mm. When am I going to see my miracle? Mm. And he was, he was really frustrated about the fact that we talk about God, but all the stuff is still kind of invisible, right. you know? Right. Um, and I, I was really surprised that as an eight year old, that was something he's thinking about now, right. That's awesome. you know, and so it was good that that was out, that that came out that's beautiful. because that's one of those things that can really fester in someone for mm -hmm. a long time. And it's not that it's not going to be festering. I'm sure it didn't get resolved that night. Um, but it is good to know that he's, he's hearing that and thinking that, you know, and we wouldn't if we right. hadn't had these questions. Right. And the fact that you guys are aware of that now, and even, maybe be prompted to point out little things that aren't so little, you know? So, Teresa, I have to cue the context in this moment. Um, miracle of the sun. Share with us what that means. So, um, the miracle of the sun, I guess um, I'm referring to, maybe people have heard of um, the apparitions at Fatima, mm -hmm. um, where Our Lady appeared to um, three shepherd children in 1917. Obviously, I wasn't alive in 1917. <laughs> you look great, <laughs> Not Teresa. what I personally <laughs> saw um, in Fatima. But on the 13th of October in 1917, at the last apparition, the last public apparition of Our Lady of Fatima, while the children were seeing Mary, um, the sun began to grow and dance in the sky and spin and shoot off colors um, during the duration of the apparition. And it had previous, previously been raining on the people, so it was all muddy and everybody was wet. And at the end of the apparition, I mean, there were probably tens of thousands of people there, and mm -hmm. it was reported in newspapers around mm -hmm. the world. Um, but at the end of the apparition, the mud was completely dry. People's clothes were completely dry. Mm -hmm. This is That's what I mean when I'm referring to the miracle of the sun. Um, and there's another um, alleged apparition site in Europe where people see the miracle of the sun mm. commonly. So I went to that apparition site and I, I yeah, so you've seen it too. Yep, yep. Um, and I was pretty young and I was new in my conversion. And 
I could see these people like bathed in this orange and um, red light, even though it was probably around three or four in the afternoon. And I'm looking at these people, I'm seeing the environment around me, and then I'm looking at the sun, and I'm like, this is not the same thing. Like, I was really deflated, and I tried to look at it for a little while, and then I ended up walking away. And I came across the priest who I came with, sister, and she was like, Teresa, look at the sun. Did you see the sun? And I was like, yeah, Lisa, I saw the sun, you know, like, it burned my eyes. I'm blind now. Thank you. (laughs) No, no. Well, you know, I was like, I was irritated. And she's like, look at the sun. I'm like, I looked at the sun. She's like, look at the sun. I'm like, I looked at the sun. And finally she got me to turn back around and look at it. And I saw something completely and totally different Mm. in the sky. Um, Big orange, like an orangey red sun that was like pulsating, spinning on its axis, shooting Mm. off colors. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this perfect, intense, white host, communion host, coming forth out of the sun. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we give you thanks for all your goodness, for how you love us. We I looked at it for a long time and, you know, I was, I was young and newly converted and I came away, you know, feeling super happy that I saw my miracle, mm-hmm. you know, not thinking, you know, just kind of like, yay, I saw the miracle that everybody was seeing. I'm glad I saw it, you know, and then I went about my business and it wasn't until maybe like two months after my pilgrimage ended and I was home and I was going to communion and I caught a glimpse of the woman in front of me receiving Holy Communion, like Um, the Eucharistic minister lifting it up to her, you know, and it occurred to me that that was like the same Jesus that I, the host Mm. that I saw in front of, like that had the power over the sun. Mm. And I couldn't, like, I was, I was shaking to receive Jesus that time because Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the king of the universe, Mm. you know, Mm. the, the, anyway. So um, I had given that testimony and, to some adults and Dominic happened to be there and he had heard and he didn't say anything when he was, you know, he didn't remark or anything, but I was surprised a few months later at lit gathering that he brought it up, that it even meant anything. Wow. You know, So that's amazing. And for anybody who's listening, I encourage any of us who are looking for evidence of God's presence, his omniscient power, and uh, certainly our next breath um, ought to be that evidence. But there are many, many miracles, especially in this age of the internet, a good use of Google to search Eucharistic miracles, search the miracles of Fatima 1917, as Teresa said, 40 to 70,000 people witnessed these miracles. As she said, it was raining and then suddenly everybody was dry and it was reported in newspapers throughout the world. So uh, I encourage anybody to look for those examples. And the unsurpassed miracle leads to what, Teresa pointed this out also, is Christ's very presence in the Eucharist with us and um, the source and summit of our faith. 
So Marcus, John Marcus, here we go. Hey, Marcus, you with us? <laughs> John Mark, what you got for us? The gatherings tend to continue to be a mixed bag, but of course that's that's part of the point there, as Teresa said, you know, that um, you know sometimes they go better, sometimes they go worse, but in in all occasions, you know, things are coming out that need to be out in the open. Mm-hmm. You know, you're recognizing things about your older children again. The we recognize this week is just our need to disciple our elder children first, really make that investment in a way that we haven't uh, done as much so that that then can spill over more into the younger children right, so that right. we have more of that, that foundation laid. So even the, the negatives uh, or the apparent negatives are, are just opportunities to grow. I know I noticed in myself a lot more this week that even during some of the potentially very frustrating times, um, I'm I'm noticing you know some some liminal space between the stimulus and response in myself. <laughs> you know, a, a little bit of m- momentary pause where I can I can pivot and redirect and and uh, make better choices. So that's good. We continue to have great apologies from from the kids to each <laughs> other. You know, and uh, they they continue to love that part. Yeah, I think throughout the week, I, I think seeing in little ways. Um, the kids uh, talking more, participating more in, in the prayers and things like that. Just seeing those those pieces becoming more normal is important. But that was awesome. Folks, you're tuned in with Greg and Stephanie and four wonderful couples, families with us on this Family Road Trip podcast. Seven weeks committing to receiving God alive by putting the flag in the sand on a weekly basis to talk and pray with this gathering guide, which you can find at presentsforchristmas.com. We do encourage any of you who are listening and in the Toledo region to join us for three consecutive weeks on Wednesdays at 6.30 of Witness, Word, Worship, and Confession. And I just want to leave us all with this. Dominic, our youngest son, is really into cross-country training and running. The National NCAA Cross-Country Championships took place in Terre Haute, Indiana, which is four and a half hours from us. And Dominic's been following these runners. He's he's reached out to some of them, has been interacting with some of them. He's been reading the books. And um, on the way back from this wonderful event, which is freezing cold, but it was a great experience for him and me and for him to see some of these stars of his. But on the way back... He introduced me to this long podcast of one of his friends, Alex, who's a stellar runner with Stanford, one of the top runners in the country. And uh, this Alex is being interviewed in this podcast and asked the question, what are 10 tips you would give to yourself in high school? And I won't give all of those, but one stood out and it was simply this, consistency is better than perfection. What does he mean by that? And we should be striving for perfection, but if we're hanging the value of what we're doing on something perfect happening in our lit groups, in our marriages, in our families, we're always going to be disappointed and we're going to miss God's part. What he wants of us and what we do have control over is not the perfection part, but the consistency part. To keep doing it, to keep coming to it, to keep committing to it. And it's really the ultimate proclamation is that persistence. So let's keep persisting and seeking God's grace, making it happen. And we're so grateful to have all of you along with us in this seven-week journey. Keep doing it and to have a most blessed Thanksgiving. Until next week, God bless you. We should just be thankful for being together. I'll be home for Christmas.